Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post-game show. I'm your host, Doug McCain, and thanks for rocking with us after the Dodgers beat the Padres in extra innings by a final score of one to nothing. Freddie Freeman comes through late, and he puts the Dodgers on top. And how about Tommy Canely, the Tommy gun, getting it done for L.A.? He was absolutely filthy. Julio Urias, he was outstanding once again. Evan Phillips, he was filthy. Alex Vesia, we're going to talk about the return of Yancey Almonte, Yancey Almonte. We have so much to talk about, but the lead here is the Dodgers record. They're now 107 and 48 on the season with a plus 322 run differential and 107 wins is a new franchise record. Smash that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers who are making history. This is a franchise that's been around for over 130 years and we are witnessing the golden age of Dodger baseball. If you look at the wins last year, 106 in the in the 2020 season, they go 43 and 17. They're on a 116 win pace. Then in 2019, they have a 106 win season, but a 107. That is a new franchise record. And we have a lot to talk about the offense, by the way. They've been pretty putrid of late. Don't worry. We're not going to let them off the hook, but still, you have to congratulate your Los Angeles Dodgers making history. We may never see this again. The Dodgers, the dominance they've been on. Hey, let's be honest. We got to do Kobe Bryant next. We got to finish the job because job not finished because if you don't get those 11 postseason wins this isn't going to mean a thing if you don't get that ring but still a tremendous accomplishment for this Dodgers team and we're going to talk all about it but let me know where you're rocking with us tonight give me those cities and zip codes where you represent Dodgers Nation from who is your player of the game because that's debatable of course the Dodgers offense they were slow once again. The Dodgers offense did not have a good night, but still, you just needed one run in the extra innings frame, and the Dodgers were able to find a way to manufacture that run, and we're going to break it all down, but Freddie Freeman, he gets the big hit, but I think you got to start with Julio Urias. He allows no runs on six hits and on with five punch outs, 92 pitches, 63 for strikes, and Julio Urias, he had runners on base. He did have some walks tonight, so it wasn't all pretty for Julio, but he's got that dog in him. He has that ability to get himself out of jams. We're going to discuss that. But who won the Dodgers? B. Guzman. Let's go Dodgers. By the way, we are always looking for that comment of the night. And if you bring that comment of the night, you're going to see one of these. You win. And if you bring those fire takes, you're going to see one of these. Fire take. And if you bring a nice burn, you're going to hear a finish here from Mortal Kombat. Finish him. Arias player of the game. That's from JD. Trey Turner had an ugly strikeout in the 10th. Yeah, I think Trey Turner just as a whole tonight, he hasn't looked good lately. And in the second half of the season, a weighted runs created plus at 118. You compare it to last season, we had a 151 WRC plus in the second half of the season. And tonight, it wasn't a great night for Trey Turner. Three strikeouts. He goes 0 for 5. And he looked befuddled at times. And you talk about the top of the first inning. Mookie Betts hits a leadoff double. He ends up safe at 
at third after that throwing error by Profar. And then Trey Turner, he strikes out swinging on a slider low and away. And just way out of the strike zone. He has that magic wand, but sometimes it doesn't have the magic in it, and he's expanding the strike zone right now. That breaking ball away is definitely his kryptonite, but yeah, just give me one word to describe your feelings on the Dodgers winning 107 games. Does it mean a lot to you to set that franchise mark? I mean, the Dodgers are the only only the second team in the National League to win 105 or more games in three consecutive full seasons matching the 1942 to 1944 St. Louis Cardinals. And the difference there was the Cardinals ended up winning the whole damn thing twice. And the Dodgers, they, of course, won the World Series in 2020 on that shortened season. But in 2019, they got bounced in the NLDS. Last year, they lost in the NLCS. I think we can all agree that you have to win that World Series championship to really validate this as the golden age. I call them the incomplete elite with the Dodgers. You want to cap it off with the title. But Viva Los Dodgers, let's go. That's from Anthony Hernandez. Joe Correa, pack your bags, crumble. Yeah, I'm dropping a video on Craig Cameron, but I don't want to tip too much of it off. But yeah, it uh, does feel like there's a chance that he's not going to be on that NLDS roster. And I think that is rightfully so. That is the right decision. He has no business on this team in this bullpen if he can't close, and that's what it is. I said today he I wouldn't trust him to close a garage door or a kitchen cabinet, let alone a high-leverage postseason game. In a one-run game or a tie game, I just can't imagine that. But uh, what up, DMAC? What up, Spencer? Over on YouTube, we got 107 baby that's a randy guzman fast and furious some hearts some strong emojis a trophy yeah we want that trophy we want that piece of metal that commissioner's trophy and that is the goal at this point and look i'm not going to take it too big of a victory lap here because there's still we still have seven games to play now but the dodgers 107 wins that was my preseason prediction i thought the dodgers would win 107 games and i'm not saying i want them to lose the remainder of the games on their schedule but stop the count that's all i'm saying i just want to get that prediction right but no, hopefully the Dodgers continue to add to their franchise record 107 wins. We got what up, my guy, DMAC underscore LA. Juice Narrows, always appreciate you rocking with us. You bring those fire takes, as always. Hanley, that's from JD over on YouTube. The Tommy Gun. what have I been stressing on this show for weeks now? I said that, look, this organization, they would not have made the deal for Tommy Canely. When you give him close to $5 million with the incentives in 2020, knowing he's going to miss the entire 2021 season, most likely. Yes, there was a slim, slim chance that maybe he returned towards the end there, but they really made that signing for this season. Yes, he has missed the most of this year due to that elbow injury, but he's back. The changeup is as filthy as it's ever been. The fastball velocity is there. And Tommy Canley is saying that he feels that his stuff is better now than it was even before he had Tommy John surgery. And you saw him get it done there in the last inning the, t- the bottom of the 10th. It's a 1-2-3 inning for Tommy Canley. He ends up getting Bell to ground out to the short for the first out, using that change up away, lots of soft contact. Then he gets Grisham on three pitches, strikes him out looking with a change up top of the zone away, and then he gets Kim very soft ground out on three pitches. So he made light work of this Padres team, and he got the job done, and the command has been there. The pitch mix has been where you want to see it because, look, he is a guy that works off that change up, and that is one of the dirtiest, filthiest changes 
changeups in all of Major League Baseball when it's on. So, yeah, you got to feel great about Tommy Canely. I mean, he's a guy that's going to be a true weapon for this Dodger team. I truly believe that. A 233 postseason ERA. He's pitched for the New York Yankees, which is, of course, the other flagship marquee franchise in Major League Baseball. So he knows what it's like to get it done on a big stage. So, yeah, I couldn't be more excited for Tommy Canely, the Tommy Gunn out there beating the San Diego Padres. And if you look at Tommy Canely since he's returned, He's allowed one earned run, one earned run in six and two thirds innings pitch. So six and two thirds innings pitch, one earned run. And yeah, he's been pretty phenomenal. Eight punch outs, one walk. So how are you guys feeling about Tommy Canley? I am very, very impressed with what I've seen. That bullpen looks good. That's from Tra Dodge Sports Card. Yeah, the bullpen tonight, like I was saying on Twitter, I was doing the the LeBron, this is my life, and I'm smiling through it meme because you had Urias to Evan Phillips to Yancey Almonte. We're going to talk about his return tonight. And then you got Alex Vesia. Then you have Tommy Canely. I mean, that is a lethal group right there. Those are the firemen of the Dodgers, the LAFD. And those are guys that I fully expect to step up in the postseason to be those guys to really lead this team to another World Series title. And Evan Phillips, what more can you say about the guy? The guy is dirty. The guy is effortless out there. He now lowered his ERA to a 118 ERA. That's lowest in all of Major League Baseball among qualified relievers. He was phenomenal. But let's jump back into this comment section. We'll continue to break it down. But big congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers. A 107 win season. Hey, remember when the Giants won 107 last year and everyone was so impressed and the Dodgers, they smacked them up and they owned them up in San Francisco and turned Oracle Park into a spirit Halloween superstore? Well, guess what? The Dodgers have already matched that total and you still have games to play. And that's what you love to see this Dodger team out here setting records, making history. And I do want to say, yes, it is a World Series or bust team. Yes, this team's success or failure is ultimately going to be judged on whether or not they win the World Series title. But you still have to give this team credit because winning 107 games with seven games to play? Are we serious? Freddie Freeman, player of the game. That's from Diane Schroeder over on YouTube. What up, Diane? Always rocking with us. Dodger Diane, always appreciate you. The fairy godmother of the Dodgers Nation post-game show and YouTube channel. Justin Lamas, Trey Turner had an ugly strikeout in the 10th. Yeah, and we'll talk about Trey Turner in a little bit. I have some thoughts on him. I'm actually dropping a video on Trey Turner and his future with the team probably tomorrow. So we'll look out for that on the YouTube channel. If you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, smash that like button. If you're new to the show, my name is D-Mac. I'm the man of the fan here to get your thoughts and perspective on your boys in blue. So this is your show. I'm just hosting. So keep bringing those fire takes. We got the bullpen for MVP. That's for my guy, Mr. Trace Gallo, always rocking with us. Really appreciate you, my dude. Iris K, Trey last at bat was straight up embarrassing. Yeah, when Trey Turner's in trouble, when he's not having success it's typically because he's chasing he's expanding that strike zone you're seeing that right now with Trey Turner tonight three strikeouts and we talked about there in the first inning so getting back to that he struck out swing on that slider low and away and it was way out of the strike zone I mean it was pretty much out in right field I mean it was big time expanding the strike zone there and then Freddie Freeman he drew that one out walk and then Will Smith he struck out swinging then Max Muncy he walked to load the bases with two outs and then Joey Gallo he struck out swinging 
swing on an elevated fastball in the outside corner. And Joey Gallo's another guy that didn't have a great night, to say the least. It wasn't pretty for Joey Gallo, Magic Joey tonight, as we like to call him. He definitely struggled, and it just wasn't his best night. He ends up striking out four times, goes 0 for 4, left eight men on base. So, yeah, definitely not his best work. And you really wanted to have him feel good heading into the postseason. But, yeah, it just definitely has been a, a struggle at times for Joey Gallo. But I still believe that he's going to run into one in a big spot and just be that hero, hit one, and just just absolutely crush a ball into smithereens. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on Trey Turner? If you look at his numbers in the month of September, Trey Turner before tonight, well, Trey Turner, yeah, we'll get you, I'll get you numbers right now, but a 759 OPS for Trey Turner heading into tonight, hitting 274. So, yeah, I mean, those aren't the Trey Turner numbers that we saw last season down the stretch when him and Corey Seager were the two best players on this Dodgers team when it comes to offensive production. It's not the same guy. Like I said, a 117 WRC plus in the second half of the season. That's down from one. 51 last year when he really carried this team. His average on the year is down to 299, which look, everyone would take a 299 batting average, an 814 OPS, but this is a guy that's really trying to secure that bag, and I think if you want to spin it and you want to feel good about it, you could just say to yourself that he's really setting himself up for a for a for a hot streak, and that's what I said on Twitter the other day. That look, I think he's uh, setting himself up for a nice late September October surge. And if you, you look at his numbers in September, like we just talked about, a 7.59 OPS, he's hitting 2.74, and you're seeing the power numbers go go a little up. I mean, you, you're seeing the power numbers at around 4.42. You want to get that slug higher. But, uh, yeah, I'm not feeling great about Trey Turner at the moment, I'll be honest with you. And tonight uh, was another example that, yeah, he just uh, – I mean, you could jump to – the top of the fifth inning, Mookie Betts hits that leadoff single to left, and then Trey Turner, he struck out swinging with one out, a changeup low in the bottom of the zone, and yeah, you jump later in that game. We can get 110, that's from Gundam underscore Avarice over on YouTube. I said 111 from Lynn Brown over on YouTube. Kenley to Kenley, yeah, I like that one. Uh, Jay Bautista, 107 wins and counting. Hey, man, keep counting, keep racking up these dubs, and that's what you want to do if you're the Dodgers. Because, look, this is, I think Joe Davis said during the broadcast, is really one of the last kind of postseason environments that you're going to see before they hit the postseason after tomorrow. Because that six-game series with the Rockies, you're not going to get much of that. I think the Dodgers are going to just kind of use it as a way to to really just get guys fresh, to keep guys active, to keep them relevant, as Doc likes to say, and hopefully guys that are struggling can figure things out. I think a bright spot that no one will probably talk about tonight is Chris Taylor and the double that he was able to hit in this one. In the top of the second, he hits a one-out double to left, his hardest-hit ball of the year at 106.8 miles per hour. But the Dodgers, their magic number now for home field advantage throughout the World Series is two. So it is down to two. Your Dodgers are going to set themselves up and put themselves in a great position to win the World Series with home field advantage at home. And let's not forget, the Dodgers have only won the World Series at Dodger Stadium one time in this franchise's rich history, and that came back in 1963. when the. 
Dodgers beat the Yankees. But uh, Billy Jean, you couldn't trust Kimbrell to close the fridge door without making a noise at 2 a.m. Yeah, Billy Jean, that's a good one. You couldn't, you couldn't trust him to close the microwave. Um, yeah, C- Craig Kimbrell, like I said, I'm dropping a video. I kind of got all my Craig, Krim- Craig Kimbrell feelings out today. And yeah, it's nothing against the guy. He just doesn't have it. And that's just the reality. Uh, we got Ken Schroeder, Dodgers outscored 26 and 38 since September 20th. Yeah, it's definitely a September swoon. I, there's make no mistake about it. And if you look at the Dodgers this series, they end up going two for 25 with runners in scoring uh, in the series so far. They end up going two for 25 with runners in scoring position. They're hitting under 150, and you're seeing the men left on base. I mean, this team yet last night, they go one for 17 with runners in scoring position, just one extra base hit, that Trey Turner double. And yeah, it definitely hasn't been pretty for this Dodgers offense. And if you look at their last six games, they're hitting uh, they're hitting 200, which is 27th in all of Major League Baseball. They've hit just three home runs. That's 27th in Major League Baseball, third to the bottom. And they have a 604 OPS. That's good for 25th. So the offense is definitely falling asleep. You definitely have to find a way to energize this Dodgers offense because, look, they need to find a way to just muster up that energy any way you can. I use a boxing analogy for this one. They always say fighters make up the fight. And what they mean by that is, look, you're going to play down to your competition. You're going to play up to your competition. If you're not motivated, if you're not energized, if you don't have that level of adrenaline, you are going to have a performance drop off to some extent. So I think the Dodgers, once they find themselves in the NLDS against another team, they're going to rise to the occasion. But right now it's just tough because they've been so good for so long. And 107 wins, that's the most wins in Dodger history. So it's tough to find a criticism for this team. It's like spotting a pimple on a supermodel or something like that. But this team, they've been fantastic and they've really earned this. So here we go. We got to, was was looking forward to seeing Canely close the game, met expectations. That's from my guy, Dylan Hare, over on YouTube. We got to D-Mac Yancey, got it off, got it from the solar. The solar. Yeah, man, hey, yo, D-Mac, what a poppy over on YouTube. Isaac, this is what happens when you use common sense and don't throw in Kim our bullpen is full of nasty dudes. And yeah, that's the point I made today. There's really no one on that in this Dodgers bullpen, unless guys get injured, that you can say Kimbrell is nastier than. Kimbrell's the guy that you would trust more to be out there in a situation where he could miss bats and he could dominate a hitter. Because really the issue with Craig Kimbrell, and that's why I never bought into the Kimbrell so hype, I told you that he melts down faster than Olaf in the desert in a big spot because he was giving up a lot of hard contact. You heard a lot of loud outs. The strikeout to walk ratio was at 6-3. to three. The BABIP was extremely low. So I never bought into the Kimbrell so hype at at all whatsoever, just because the numbers told you that it was a fluke, and that's exactly what it was. But uh, uh, Angel, drinking more protein shakes than Gallo, put me in, Coach. Much love, DMac from Redlands, California. Go Blue. And Yancey has a nice tattoo on his shoulder, DMac. I didn't see that. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about my guy, Yancey Almonte. Yancey Almonte was back in the mix tonight. He ends up going one inning, had one punch out, and on just 10 pitches, just 10 pitches for Yancey Almonte. And 
He had him pitched in over a month. Of course, he had that elbow soreness. And, yeah, he looked good. He definitely looked good. And we'll talk about his inning right now. Because Yancy Almonte, he's going to be integral to this Dodgers bullpen success. And he's a guy that, hey, he hasn't ever pitched in the postseason. He said it to reporters before the game that he's excited about pitching in the playoffs for the first time. So that tells me he already knows he has a spot in this Dodgers bullpen. He already knows he's a lock. And... Just look at the at-bat to Manny Machado. I mean, well, first of all, first pitch, sinker to Kim. He gets in a ground out, soft contact. And then facing Juan Soto, Juan Soto, a righty-lefty matchup there. He falls behind 2-1 and one in the count. He gets ahead with a slider on the inside corner for the first strike and then misses with a sinker away, misses with another sinker away. You can tell that he sees Juan Soto at the plate. Maybe he's not as confident to just attack the zone in that spot. Then on the fourth pitch, he goes to a changeup. So he's been mainly a, a sinker-slider guy all season long, but he goes to that change of bottom of the zone and he gets him to ground out for the second out. And then then I think he really built that confidence up because it was a very impressive at bat against Manny Machado because he falls behind the count 2-0, misses with two with a sinker and a slider bottom of the zone. And then he gets a slider he gets him a swing at a slider for the first strike. And then for the second strike, this is a beautiful pitch, a slide, a sinker on the inside corner, a masterful pitch there by Yancy Almonte, just painting that corner. And then on the two, two, he gets him swing at a slider low in a way. So following that game plan, following that attack mode that they had for him. So definitely something to feel really good about is the return of Yancy Almonte. There's no question about it, that he's going to be a guy that is going to be someone the Dodgers count on in these high leverage spots so that is the LAFD you got Yancy, you got Tommy Canely the Tommy Gun you got Dr. Phil Evan Phillips Alex Vesia we'll talk about his nice night then who we got Urias is going for another inning was legendary that's from Isaac Orozco yeah Julio Urias this guy's an absolute warrior this guy is the epitome of you got that dog in you I mean he's a guy that you can trust in a big spot because he doesn't get phased it doesn't matter if he allows a hit or if he allows a walk. He's going to do everything he can to get you out of that jam. And you talk about him coming out in that sixth inning, where how he was able to induce that soft contact to get that double play there in the fifth inning. That really helped his. Uh, that really helped his his uh, his chances because he gives it that single to Nola first pitch four seam fastball, and then to Azokar. He fouls off that bunt, and then he grounds off that. He grounds out on that slurve. They turn two, and then he gets Kim to ground out for second to second to end the inning. And then you talk about that sixth inning. It was a, a beautiful sequence there. I mean, he gets Soto to fly out. He gets Juan Soto to fly out. And by the way, Julio Arias absolutely owns Juan Soto. Soto won for 18 in his career versus the Urias. So after that, he walks Machado on five pitches, missed with the changeup away. That four-seam fastball, he, that, he, that was a bad call. That should have been a strike, and that should have made a 1-1 count right there. Then he misses with the slurve at the top of the zone to fall behind 3-0 in the count. And then on the 3-0 pitch, strike. He, he throws that slurve looking for the first strike. And then he misses with a four-seam fastball up and away to walk Manny Machado. And then Machado steals second. They originally ruled that he was out. They reviewed it, and they ruled that uh, he was safe. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, good job. Johnny Hustle, right? He's Johnny Hustle ever since he put on that Padres uniform, it feels like, especially when he plays the Dodgers. And then 
He gives up that single to Brandon Drury on the 2-1, on the 1-2 count. A slurve, inner half. He was able to get some good wood on it. He singled to right, and that gave the Padres runners on the corners. And then he gets Myers to pop to first on the first pitch on a slurve. And then with runners on the corners, two outs, Jay Cronenworth at the plate. He quickly gets up in the count 0-2, and on the 0-2, he gets into pop to short, four-seam fastball up in the zone. So, yeah, I mean, he's an absolute grinder. We'll talk about more of his outing. But, yeah, I mean, you talk about the strikeouts he got today. He was working the upper quadrants of the zone, using that fastball, using that slurve. And Julio Arias, he's not going to win the Cy Young because I don't want to mislead you guys. I try to be the the Dodgers' true teller. I'm not going to pump sunshine when I just think that it's going to mislead you. Sandy Alcantara is going to win the Cy Young. I mean, he's still pitching complete games. He's still been dominant, and that award is going to be his. But just the fact that Julio Urias, he's now, his ERA is now down to 2.17 on the season. He's been one of the best starters in Major League Baseball this season. He's firmly cemented himself, one, as the Dodgers' ace, but also as one of the top 10 to 15 pitchers in Major League Baseball. So that potential has fully been realized. He is that guy. But Yensai Almonte, there you go. That's a fire take. Fire. Will Smith also looked tired. Jaime Gonzalez, yeah, he kind of got hit in the hands there. And last week, Will Smith was the Dodgers' best hitter. He had an 1146 OPS. He was raking, had those two triples and a home run. But tonight wasn't his best night. Will Smith... He ends up going. He ends up going one for five, and wasn't terrible. Ends up, ends up going one for five. He did get that single in this one in the top of the third inning. He got a one-out single to left. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, yeah, Joey Gallo, eight runners left on base. It felt like he was up at the plate to, with two outs seemingly the whole night with uh, Joey Gallo in the top of the third inning. Uh, top of the third inning, Freeman flied out to center for the first out. Smitty got that one-out single. Then Muncy struck out swinging. And then Joey Galley struck out looking on a four-seam fastball inside. So here we go. We got Tommy, the Terminator. I like that one. Fire take. Osterberg said it right. What does Osterberg said? Because Osterberg's the man. I always uh, I like that. Is Danny Duffy hanging out with the Loch Ness Monster, Javier Mora? Yeah, you know we talk about that one for sure. Uh, Craig Jensen. Interesting, Henry. That's a fire take. You guys are bringing it. Uh, call up Sam Goldstein. We got we got to keep Kane Lee healthy. I've had faith in his return all year. I just had this feeling that he still had it. Yeah, I mean, you and me both. I mean, you guys know that I've been big on Tommy Kane Lee. I felt that he was – they weren't going to rush him back because they didn't want to have him come back and have another setback. Once he returned, they wanted to stay – here for good and he's a guy that's going to soften the blow of that Blake Trinan injury because I'm telling you it's bleak Trinan I don't think he's going to return for the Dodgers and even if he does it's going to be in a limited capacity you're not going to see multiple innings you're not going to see back-to-backs most likely so yeah having Tommy Kane the guy who's dirty and nasty the Tommy Gunner as my friend said Tommy the Terminator I like that one uh, we'll work with that too guys you know we love the nicknames on this show uh, Ice Queen 7 Mac in the house what up Ice Queen over on YouTube. Jonas Bass, 112 wins. First four are key from Justin Edwards. Julio Urias just won the Cy Young. That's a hot take right there, Mass, because because if you look at a lot of the metrics, man, I mean, it's going to be a tough, tough sledding for him to pass Sandy Alcantara. Because look, I was talking about, about Sandy Alcantara's second half where 
yeah, I mean, wasn't as dominant as he was in the first half, but he has picked it up. I mean, Sandy has been phenomenal. He's playing on that terrible Miami Marlins team. Um, and yeah, if you look at his last outing on last Saturday, he allowed one run on three hits and eight innings of work. Then a Sunday before that, another complete game, one earned run on seven hits and nine innings pitch. So, yeah, I think he still has it in the bag. I would love to see Julio Urias win the Cy Young. I think it'd be great for the Dodgers to add to their long list of Cy Young winners. That'd give them 13. They already have the record for most Cy Young winners in Major League Baseball history. But I just think it's going to be tough when you look at the innings count. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it if it happens. And, look, I do think when you look at a narrative, if the Dodgers end up with 110 wins, if the Dodgers end up with 111 wins, something crazy like that, I think you say, hey, we have to reward this team every way possible, okay? And if they're not going to win the MVP because Paul Goldschmidt is going to take it home, I think that Julio Arias is a guy that you have to strongly consider. And I think even if he finishes second or third or fourth or even in that, in that top four, you have to feel good about it because it really means that he is one of the top five to ten pitchers in baseball. But, yeah, if you look at uh, – if you look at um, if you look at Julio Arias on the season, yeah, he's right there. He's definitely right there. But uh, Sandy Alcantara, yeah, he's been pr- he's been a beast for sure. I mean, if you look at the innings pitched, Sandy two hundred twenty and two thirds innings for Sandy at a two thirty two ERA, and that's first in all of Major League Baseball. Julio Arias. He's now at 170 innings pitched and a 218 ERA. That's around that's uh, that puts him in 18, 19th in baseball. So here we go, 107 and counting. DFA Gallas from Careless Whisper. You know who got us to the World Series in 2020? Bellinger, who also got us to the NLCS in 2021. That's from Ashley and Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying that as well. I mean, Cody Bellinger is a guy that you can count on in the postseason to have a big moment, but tonight wasn't his best night. I mean, I've been a guy that's always been a belly ever, a big belly supporter, but he goes 0 for 4, and he ends up with two strikeouts. And tonight, he did look overmatched at times. It was kind of the same old story, just couldn't catch up with that with those Josh Hader fastballs in the top of the ninth and those were right middle middle those are right down broadway right down the dick and he couldn't do anything with them and then before that chris taylor he struck out swinging so yeah i mean not a great night for cody bellinger and the rest of this dodgers offense who really struggled uh kimbrough when he can be uh did julio get the win we got to anthony keen postseason prediction gavin lux is going to become a playoff legend a household name and an mvp of a series anthony keen you brought some pretty hot takes but that is one of the hottest takes i've ever heard on this show and uh you know that i love nothing more than hearing hot takes on this show so i give you give you a lot of credit mr fredericks of hollywood anthony keen and yeah i mean i think that gavin lux has the potential to be one of those unsung hero guys one of those guys that you don't expect to have a big moment but he does and we saw that last year in game five of the nlds he was able to get on before cody bellinger and reach base and I think with Gavin Lux it's just about getting him in a great spot in the next couple of days really because since he's returned he since he's been returned he just hasn't been his best I mean a 448 OPS tonight he goes 0 for 4 no strikeout so that's definitely a good thing but he just kind of has to find that rhythm and timing that we saw before he went down with the injury because he's been solid all season long but really he peaked 
in the month of July with that 949 OPS, a hitting 320. But in the month of August, he ended up with a 268 batting average with a 792 OPS. So yeah, I think it, I definitely see it. I mean, I, I, lo- I love the fact that you that you that you believe in Gavin Lux like that, man. Um, Pollock hitting 247 with 56 RBIs. That's from Craig Osterberg. Yeah, I think Craig Kimbrell was kind of worth the roll of the dice. But Craig, I push back a little bit on that because look, I don't think that AJ Pollock was very happy on the Chicago White Sox. And yes, he was a below average bat. But I also think that he would have thrived more with this Dodgers team. He was happy in L.A. He was having success in L.A. And A.J. Pollock had a monster year last year. And I don't think, looking back, people are really going to give him the credit. Because remember, last year, lots of guys were banged up. Mookie Betts was banged up last season. Justin Turner was banged up. Lots of the guys were banged up up and down this order. And A.J. Pollock was the guy that posted each and every day before he hurt that hamstring against the Giants, but he ends up with an 892 OPS last year with the Dodgers. This year, that's down to 688. Last year, he hit 297 with LA. That's down to 247 with the White Sox. So, yeah, I think the Dodgers, the best move would have been to stick to their plan and going with the closer by committee role for the entire season and really just getting used to that because now they're put themselves in a position where, yes, they have the guys that can flourish in those roles like we saw tonight but you really I think look it's better late than never but my my I always live by the quote you know you know what must be done eventually should be done immediately and Craig Kimbrell should have not have been the Dodgers closer this long look we had one of the best closers in Dodgers history in baseball history in Eric Gagne and you know the slogan it was game over but with Kimbrell at times when he was on the mound it was game over for the Dodgers and you don't want to see that but uh hell yeah anyone but crumbles we got uh let's talk about who is our starting three for the playoffs? Justin Edwards. I just dropped a video specifically on that topic today on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, so be sure to check that out. But it's clear at this point. You're going to see Julio Arias in Game 1. I'm very confident you'll see Clayton Kershaw in Game 2. And then as far as Game 3, I think they're going to give the ball to Tyler Anderson. I truly believe that. He's grinded all season long. He's been solid. He's limited hard contact. He's missed barrels. He's been Tyler, the outs creator, and that's what he does. And then game four, you're going to see a situation where possibly Gonsolin gets the start. And then you see maybe they go right, left, right. You'll see a Tony Gonsolin, then an Andrew Heaney, then a Dustin May if he's available. And then you go to this big, bad bullpen. So, yeah, I think that's how you're going to see. I really think that's the order. But assuming Braves don't win the division, Ashley and Wilson. Yeah, that one's tough to predict at this point because it is back and forth. And it looks like the the Mets have the tiebreaker right now. And the thing is, though, with the Braves, with the Mets, I mean, DeGrom is a guy they haven't pushed past six innings. I mean, he's a guy that you're not going to see go seven or eight or nine innings, especially in the postseason. So if they have to use him up in the wild card series, I think I'd rather play the Mets at this point. I really do because you wouldn't see DeGrom until game two. I think the Dodgers match up well. With the Mets, compared to that Braves team who their offense can be lethal. They have the second highest OPS versus left-handed pitching. The Dodgers will be throwing three lefties to start that series. And yes, if you look at the splits, they're very close. Lefties and righties, they're good against both sides of the plate. But still, it is a little concerning when you consider that they can rig against southpaws. But the NLEs could come to come down to the last game. They play each other over this weekend. I think they do. Told you Soto was overrated. That's from Jose over on YouTube. MAS boxing, early of the season injuries were a blessing in disguise. A lot came back on the right time. Fresh arms. Mass boxing. I like that take. That's a really interesting take because... 
yeah, I think that it is a war of attrition in Major League Baseball when it comes to the battle of the bullpen. And that is what the postseason has increasingly become. I mean, if you look at the World Series champion last five years, the bullpen has pitched 52% of that team's innings. So you're not seeing starters go deep in the games. You know that teams want to limit the amount of times that a starter will face the opposing order the third time around. And yeah, when you got guys like the Tommy Canleys, you have the Yancey Almontes, the Evan Phillipses, you have the Alex Vesias, the fact that Tony Gonsolin, he did miss that time. If you can truly get fully healthy, which last night he pitched two scoreless innings had two strikeouts allowed the one hit but the velocity was close to his season averages if he's fresh that's going to be big because he's a guy that's already more than doubled his career high in innings pitched and then you talk about someone like Evan Phillips who this is uncharted waters for him too as far as being that high leverage guy for a World Series contending team in the postseason so uh, talk about Turner chasing outside of the zone we talked about that a little earlier it's definitely his kryptonite uh, DMAC uh sitting up there in his boxers carnivorous lunar activity bro you got you got a camera down here what's what's the deal boxers we're talking about man why do you tidy gang bro <laughs> uh may the clown uh homie don't hit that i like that may the clown homie don't hit that daniel trust me in living color that's what i'm talking about in living color uh, my dad, uh, I used to always watch that show on you uh, back then. Daniel Martinez, my trash can has a better stance than Craig Crumbles. We got uh, Nick Padres give up their top prop. By the way, I'll give you a fire take for that one. Maybe Roberts will have another brainstorm and open with Crumble for Urias. Oh, geez. I don't want to see that. That's a that's nightmare fuel, man. That's like putting a – why would you have to just piss in my Cheerios? Okay, I appreciate that. A bullpen is ready. That's from Yang Yi. Brandon League better than Craig Crumble. Yeah, that's what I said on the show today is that, uh, yeah, Craig Kimbrell joins that list of Dodgers bullpen pieces I never want to see out there again in the Brandon League, the Jonathan Broxton, those types. But uh, Turner chasing outside of the zone. Yeah, that's what he does, man. I mean, and you're seeing that there's more of a point of emphasis in attacking him there. But uh, what is the case against Urias for the Cy Young? The case is, one, Sandy Alcantara has been an absolute workhorse. We just ran off his numbers, over 220 innings pitched. If you look at some of the more advanced stats, like the FIPS of the world, expected FIP, they don't love Julio Urias because... You know, they don't love him as much as they do the traditional stats, like the ERA, the whip, and things like that. And I think what it comes down to is, look, there's other guys that have had really good years, too. Zach Gallon had a 44 and a thirds scoreless inning streak. And by the way, shout out to my man, Oral Hershiser. Uh, remember he told me, what's up with Dodgers Nation? Oral Hershiser, the Bulldog, on the anniversary of his scoreless inning streak. So that's uh, that's a big that's uh, that's uh, quite the accomplishment. That's something that I really don't think you're gonna ever see happen again. I mean, Earl Hershiser, man, I think uh, one of the greatest postseason pitchers ever. But yeah, 59 scoreless inning streaks. So for 59 59 innings, the streak on he accomplished that on September 28th, 1988. And the most impressive thing, he did it by pitching 10 innings. 10 innings. I mean, geez, unbelievable. 
Uh, Dave Roberts has the reputation. If Phillips was going to be a closer, I think Dave would have already used him. Look, they're not going to have a traditional closer. They're going to go closer by committee, and it makes the most sense. You're going to play the matchups. Look, sometimes the game comes down to the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning. It doesn't always come down to that ninth inning, and you want to mix and match, and that's just how it's done in modern-day Major League Baseball. The role of the closer is going to be obsolete one day. Uh, Open the oven door because Trinan is done. Boomer Assassin, you're, so you're saying Trinan is barbecued chicken. We got uh, Kershaw will win the Cy Young, Dan- Dante. We got Kimbrelsa. Like, I could have gotten those three outs. That's from Carlos. Good game tonight. Thought they're going to stop leaving the bases full of Dodgers. Yeah, they definitely left too much traffic out there. Left more traffic on the bases than the 405 freeway at 5 o'clock. I mean, they really need to do something about that. Sandy can't compare to the Uriates. That's from Mike Jones. Who? We got Gallo all day. We got, I'd rather bring back Eric Gagne this day and age to replace Craig Crumble. <laughs> we got... Um, this just in. Gratterall is starting tomorrow, followed by Heaney, DMAC, Moose 1032. Thanks for the breaking news. I appreciate that. And that's what Doc kind of tipped at yesterday was that they were going to use Andrew Heaney after an opener to find a new role for the postseason. So that's definitely a move for the future. It tells you they're locked into using Heaney in a multi-inning reliever role in the postseason. So we'll see how that plays out tomorrow. I'm excited to see that. And that's why you didn't see Bruce Dart tonight, too. So I really like that move. I'm very excited about that. But uh, 162 wins. That's from Nando, 390. That's what you're going with. Dodgers, 162 wins. I like that prediction. I I like it. Uh, F. Goldie, Sandy Who, Cy Young Julio is all I'm hearing. That's from Ron. Rob G. Yeah, look, Julio Rios, he's a guy that, hey, we'll see the narrative of the voters. But sometimes it's like the way that sports writers work, man, the grab onto one narrative that was established in the summer. Do they really do their research? Do they really do they really dive deep in the numbers? I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, they stick to one narrative and that's why that's what you see. I mean. I think that you're going to see Sandy win that Cy Young Award, and I think he deserves it. There's no question about it. He absolutely deserves the award. But I think that with Julio Urias, it's going to be it's going to be tough to get him over the top, considering he's 18th in innings pitched. And yes, he's been a beast for the Dodgers. He's been the best pitcher on a team that could win over 110 games. But still, I think at the end of the day, Sandy's going to take home that hardware. But Julio is the best arm in the bullpen. Ray Barrios, Dodgers have to hope they don't face right-handed hitting teams if they want to throw out Urias, Kirsch, Anderson as their top three. I talked about that. WB, M. Freeman for MVP. You want to see MV free. Normally, seven games left, 111 wins would be reasonable. Yeah, I mean... It's definitely possible. And if they finish, I mean, I'll tell you guys where the Dodgers would finish. I mean, because it's really historic at this point. I mean, you're really climbing up there to some of the greatest teams in the history of Major League Baseball. And this team, when you look at that run differential, is right up there with the New York Yankees teams of yesteryear. And their plus 187, their plus 187 road run differential this season is fourth all-time in Major League Baseball history. And it's the highest since the 1939 New York Yankees. So the Dodgers, they could go two ways. 
They could either be the 2001 Mariners who won 116 games. I'm not saying they're going to win 116 games, but a team that won a lot of games, but they didn't win the World Series. Or they could go as the 1998 New York Yankees who won 114 games and ultimately won 125 games, regular season and postseason combined, and are widely considered to be one of the greatest teams in the history of the sport. So it's high stakes. There's nothing in between, though. There's nothing in between for this Dodgers team. It's either they go down as one of the greatest teams ever or they go down as one of the biggest disappointments ever. And yes, if injuries occur, that will be a part of the discussion. But that is where the Dodgers sit. Because when you consider the payroll, when you consider the stars on this team, when you consider the young talent, the resources, everyone knows this Dodger team is built to win the World Series this season. And if they don't do that, this season is going to be considered a disappointment. And I hate that, but that is just the reality. But uh, here we go. Two down the middle. We got uh, three lefties. I'd rather bring back Eric Gagne this day and age to replace Craig Crumble. Congrats to Oral from Coronavirus Lunar Activity. Mitch White has done well, has not done well since leaving the Dodgers. Yeah, Craig Osterberg. Mitch White was, I think a lot of Dodger fans, they just like Mitch White. He was pretty overrated, though. Um, he's, you know, Ross Stripling-esque in a sense. You know, not a guy that was going to vie to be a, a one through five starter in the Dodgers team or World Series contending team. But love Mitch White. But like I said, just got to bring those facts to the fight, man. D-Mac Gratterall starting. Nice. Uh, let's effing go. That's from LC. Yang Yi. Well, for change, Dodgers won in extra innings. Not that that is... Definitely something to feel good about. That's definitely something to feel good about. This Dodger team, they struggled in extra innings games this season. So it's great to see them get a dub, especially after what happened last night with Craig Kimbrell not being able to get it done once again. So, yeah, now they're 6-10 and 10 in extra innings games this season. Lasorda wore out Orioles arm. That's from Gus over on Facebook, Alex Renteria. So if that's it for Kimbrell, who's the next, who's the next closer next year? You're going to see the same situation. I mean, next year, there's going to be a lot of guys coming back. I mean, you're going to see Phillips is going to be back. Hopefully, we'll see what happens with Tryon. You're going to even see Jimmy Nelson. I mean, you can see Almonte. This team is bruised our Gratterall. I mean, this team's going to be stacked with relievers next season. So, we'll see what they do with Tommy Canley, if he, how he performs, will they try to bring him back. But uh, does the pitching overall scare you, Doug, like it scares me? That's from David. I say the answer to that is yes. The pitching does concern me. Because there are a lot of question marks. Will Dustin May figure things out? Will he get healthy? Will things start to click? Will he find that command that will allow him to be effective in the postseason coming out of the bullpen? Because remember, if he's not going to be a starter, I think they might use him as an opener. Or like we saw, like we're going to see tomorrow, you have an opener and then he comes in to start the second with a clean inning. But I do think that Dustin May needs to find it. Tony Gonsolin, is he healthy? Will he stay healthy? If you look at this bullpen... It looks like they're not going to get Blake Trinan back. But if they do, how will he look? So you talk about, too, Clayton Kershaw, who's had his ups and downs in the postseason. Yes, he has. That's the reality. He has an ERA over four. I think a lot of that's overblown because I do think he was misused by Don Mattingly and the gang back in the day. But he also looks really good right now. A 1-8 ERA since he's returned. Missing barrels. He's generating soft contact. He's really looked good since returning from that back injury. And you just hope that you see a 2020 
to World Series run for him, where he had a 2-3-1 ERA against the Tampa Bay Rays in 11 and two-thirds innings pitched. The wild card round, he ends up going eight innings with uh, without allowing a run. And, um, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, did, did have a, a little bit of a rocky start for sure there. Uh, no, in the DS, I think he, no, in the, in the wild card series, yeah, yeah, that 13 strikeout game. Then the Padres series, and his one outing, he ends up giving up those three earned runs. Yeah, remember that, uh, that, that bomb to Machado. Uh, so, yeah, you hope that this starting rotation is fresh. If they're fresh, I believe in them. But look, we've seen teams. Look at the Cardinals teams in the the mid 2000s, that Royals team, the Giants teams. You don't always need to have, you know, it's just about getting those 27 outs and having those hot relievers. Julio needs to step up, though. Clayton Kershaw, he needs to be the Clayton Kershaw that he's been over the last month, and then I'll feel good about it. So, yeah, it definitely is the biggest concern. Make no mistake about it. But I do think the fact that they're not pressing down the stretch, they are getting arms fresh, they are going to have that five-day layoff and sometimes it's really just about having enough bullets in the chamber and hopefully the Dodger team can really empty the clip with guys like Kirsch and Julio and go out there and win another title. But uh, absolutely, Kirsch must retire in Dodger blue. Absolutely, I'm dropping a video on that this weekend. And I definitely think he will. Um, I, I don't see him playing for another team. He's a guy that he, he all he knows is competing for World Series titles. But uh, co Kobe Dellinger. I like that. Facts. Uh, but, yeah, guys, thanks for rocking with us here on the Dodgers Nation post-game show. A couple more, and then we'll get you guys out of here. LOL Boomer. Uh, Bleeding Dodger Blue from Phoenix City. Woohoo! 107 wins. Smash that like button. Appreciate you. Uh, Diane Gonsolin expected to be extended in the next in his next minor league appearance. If he clears that, he still may be. He's going to be back probably for a Monday start against the Rockies. Uh, minor league season's over. Uh, Dodgers go 3-4. and four. They'll win 110 games. Yeah, that'd be great. Get Kershey's uh, kissy, kisses, kisses another ring. Yeah, I gotta drop that video. I post that video of him kissing, making out with that baseball. Dmac, loving your work from Shanghai. Oh, nice, rocking with us over in Shanghai. Appreciate it. Job not finished. Championship or bust? Ask from Anthony Keen. Which NL team? Which of the possible? Which NL team of the possible six do we want to avoid? Look, you're always going to be facing good teams the deeper you get in the postseason. If you, I don't want them to avoid anyone. I really don't. I mean, I want them to play the best because I think that adds to the mystique and the legend of the 2022 Dodgers. I want them to see this Dodgers revenge tour take place. They already have crossed off the San Francisco Giants. I want to see them get redemption against the Atlanta Braves because you're going to see a possible trilogy. Dodgers coming back down 3-1 in 2020. Last year, they lost to the Braves. Give them credit. The series could have gone either way. They won games one and two in back-to-back walk-offs in their last at-bat. So I want to see them knock off those Braves. And I also want to see a redemption tour against the Houston Trastros. That was my preseason prediction. And I hope they play the best teams. But if you're asking which team do I think poses the biggest threat, I think when you combine the balance of their team with bullpen, I mean, I think the fact that the Braves could be without Spencer Strider and that is most likely going to happen, that's definitely going to be a case where you want to possibly see them earlier. But in a five-game series, they're dangerous, man. They are a very, very dangerous team. That offense is potent. It's a long offense. It has depth to it. And this Mets team, yeah, I mean, Mets are pretty solid too. 
I think that it'd be great for baseball having New York versus L.A. But you remember, he, and they have Edwin Diaz. He's been lights out. And their bullpen as a whole, they have a lot of great pieces. Offensively, I think the Dodgers will be able to handle them. So I would, for me, I would rank them Braves one as the team to avoid if you want to go that route. Two, I think the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I'm not so I'm not sold on them being the Dodgers in a seven game series. The Padres could be dangerous. I really think the Padres. I hate to say this, but they could be dangerous. Soto's played better. Their pitching has been dominant of late. We've seen the Dodgers have trouble with some of their starters, like a U Darvish or a Blake Snell. So I think the Padres. Let's be honest, they could be dangerous. And we know that they love to play up to the Dodgers, and they have stars as well. But, Doug, not a big fan of the 60-game 2020 chip. Honestly, neither I am. I'm, I'm at, I, don't, I don't know where you got that from, Ray Brios. I think the, the 2020 World Series is a great World Series. I'm just – I want more. I'm greedy. I'm like uh, Kylo Ren in Star Wars. More, 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 more. And, look – we want. I just want a parade. I want the city to have a parade. I want Clayton Kershaw to have a parade. I want to see what I saw with the Rams and the Lakers back in the day. Look, it doesn't feel like a true citywide chant. Of course, it was COVID and this and that. We understand. But still, I mean, you want that parade. And I think that would really just completely validate everything this Dodgers team and organization has meant to the city and what they built as a franchise, really turning themselves into the model organization in not just Major League Baseball, but one of the model organizations in the entire sport. Sports world. So I, look, I've spoken to the owner of the Dodgers, Mark Walters, and he told me that same thing. Mark Walters looked me in the eye and he told me, we're not happy with one, six, with one World Series. We want multiple World Series titles. He told me that period point blank. And that's coming from the top of the top dogs, the owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's pretty much all you need to know. So this team is hungry. Dave Roberts, I want to see Doc. Look, if Dave Roberts wins another World Series, you know Dave Roberts is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. So for the Doc to track you have to accept the fact that Dave Roberts could be enshrined in Cooperstown. So, look, I mean, if it weren't for the Trastros, he would have three World Series potentially if he's able to get it done this year. DFA Kimbrell, Uriaz for the Cy Young, no doubt. Hello from New Zealand. D-Mac, what up, Blair? Oh, man, this is a Dodgers Nation show. Forget Dodgers Nation. You guys are rocking with us from all around the globe. We appreciate you. And that shows you the Dodgers reach, man. Fans all over the world. But uh, needs a, need a Dodgers World Series parade. That's from Adam. We say uh, Myria Jones. I say Robert should put Crumble out there for a six straight days. Let that arm fall off, Myria. Come on now. That's a fire take, but it's also kind of... Oh, man, I love that, though. That was hilarious. Anthony Keene, they haven't been showing it these last few games, but I think the Dodgers lineup, especially the top of it, is going to be the difference maker. If they can get the starting pitching early, watch out. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of one thing that I've been stressing, too, is 2017, great team, gritty team, a team that top to bottom, you had a lot of young emerging stars. You had Justin Turner, Chris Taylor, you had Cody Bellinger, who comes up as a as a rookie, Corey Seager. But this team, you have top 10 talent. You have elite talent. You have a 1-2-3 consisting of Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman. And that really plays up in the postseason because you got versatile hitters, guys that can hit for contact, guys that can hit for power. I think the question there is, will Trey Turner look like the regular season Trey Turner, or will he be that 561 OPS guy that he's been in his career in the past? So who the hell is going to want belly? Yeah, I saw someone say DFA belly. We'll see. I mean, the Dodgers, they technically could offer him 20% less 
20% less if they wanted to try to go that route in the, uh, in the, you know, so a $13.6 million contract, they could possibly non-tender him and try to offer him a lesser deal to see if he'd come back. But yeah, we'll see. I think there's a lot riding on this postseason. I think hopefully that doesn't make belly press. Hopefully he doesn't put more pressure on himself. But here we go. Trey couldn't be worse at the moment. Dodgers definitely have elite talent. That's from Alex Renteria. We need super Trey and not playoff T. I like that one. Yeah. I was at the 1985 Lakers parade. That's from Craig Osterberg. But yep, guys, thanks for rocking with us here on the Dodgers Nation post game. Deborah Young checking in from the middle of Hurricane Ian. Hope you're okay. Hope you're staying dry. And uh, yeah, hopefully everything's okay over there. But the Lux and Muncy are shaky defenders. Yeah, that play by Lux bobbled it, kind of went off the heel of his glove. And uh, it was good to see him uh, uh, complete the play because, yeah, he has definitely been shaky. You saw last week missing throws and yeah this defense as a whole they've been sloppier than a soup sandwich and you don't want to see that but thanks as always dave love from rochester but yeah thanks guys congratulations to the dodgers a new franchise record 107 wins and you still have seven games to play for la the dodgers they beat the padres once again and they now are 107 and 48 a 322 run differential magic number for best record and all of Major League Baseball for to have to clinch home field advantage throughout the entire postseason down to two. But thanks for rocking with us. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. For all latest Dodgers news, rumors, high videos, breakdowns, and more, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and if you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.